basically for me a big a big thing is just like don't quit you know if somebody says no then we're not going to say oh well we're going to say okay so what's the like what are we going to do instead to get to get to a yes getting to yes that's been a mantra that has driven intrapreneista turned entrepreneista alana fisher ceo of wisps to develop a simple idea to turn an ingredient into a snack into an amazing and delicious company and new food category, eventually spinning it off from her employer. Coming up, you'll hear how the WISP team had to stop a launch of a new flavor and why the solution led to creating an exclusive cheese of their own, why a tragedy makes Alana appreciate what she has now, and why her heart has been stretched two ways. Managing a major rebrand, tips for hiring the right team, and what Mindy Kaling has taught Alana. Get ready for the cheesiest interview we've ever had. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Alana, thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Thank you for having me. How did you decide to launch Wisps? Well, Wisps was really not my idea. I can't take full credit for the concept of Wisps. Um, Wisps is just Parmesan cheese baked into a cracker, and people have been doing that for generations. And there were actually other cheese crisps on the market before we launched Wisps. What really motivated us was that when we bought these cheese crisps in the supermarket, thinking that they were going to be absolutely delicious because they're just Parmesan cheese, they weren't as good as we thought they should be. Uh, They tasted a little burnt. They tasted a little bit oily. It was just kind of disappointing. And we thought that we could do better. So the concept for Wisps is really not mine. I would say the, the, you know, what I'm most proud of is the, sort of amount of time that we took to put wisps together so that they taste as good as they do. Because it's actually a little bit harder than it sounds, even though it's just one ingredient baked. What was that process like? Can you walk us through that? Yeah. So so basically when so basically all you do for for making a wisp is you grate Parmesan or and now we have cheddar and, and other flavors, but you grate cheese and and you bake it. The thing is, it's a little bit tricky to figure out exactly what temperature to bake it at, how long to bake it, what to do and um, up front to sort of figure out the exact rate amount of cheese to put in. We spent, I would say, a year and a half to two years on the operational side of R&D. Also, not all Parmesan cheese is created equally. So we we made a very, very special custom recipe just for wisps and it, there was just sort of a lot of a lot of work on these things that feel like they shouldn't really matter. Like you turn the oven on, you put cheese in, and it works. But actually, it's like, what exact cheese do you put in, and what temperature do you turn the oven to, and how long do you cook them for, and what do you do when they come out? And that whole process um, 
was it's like literally like different degrees, like a couple of degrees here or there make a huge difference. And so I would say like I spent tons and tons of days in the plant tasting thousands of wisps as they came off the line and being like, this feels good. This one doesn't. This one is too crunchy. This one is not crunchy enough, too oily, not oily. You know, it's just kind of like, yeah. I mean, it was just like, it was a lot of eating <laughs> more than anything. How many people are involved in this taste test process? It sounds like so involved? much fun. <laughs> um, yeah, that was definitely like a huge career highlight for me. It was just that a big part of my job involved eating cheese. Um, <laughs> when Wisp started, we I was part of working at a cheese company. And so there is actually just as an aside, there is a job. There are two people that work professionally at this cheese company called Schumann Cheese, and their whole entire job is to grade the cheese, meaning that they taste every vat of cheese that we make over the course of its life, like two to three times, just to make sure that when it goes out to the market, it's perfect. And just two people have this job. Two people I have this job. I just discovered <laughs> when I'm going yeah. back to eating dairy they, in my next life, this is... Exactly. The job I will be doing. Yeah, it's like the best. Like, yeah. who knew that that was a job? It's the best job. On the the title is Cheese Grater. Grater with a D. I thought their job when I first met Grater. them was Cheese Grater yeah. with a T. And I was like, oh, that's it. Like, it seems yeah, like we I should know. have a machine for <laughs> yeah. that. Like, where are we going? Why don't we? Like, okay. But no, they grade the cheese. And so, like, a big, actually, you know, to get back to Wisps, that's a big part of yeah. what I think make Wis- makes Wisps so special is, like, they taste every single vat of cheese that goes into Wisps, and they pick it and say, like, this one's ready for Wisps, this one's not. And they know specifically, like, the cheese should taste like this and have this texture. And uh, there's just all of this science to that, that it's kind of like wine tasting, you yeah. know, where, like, when people are really good at it, they taste things that you've never, you'd never notice. They're very similar. So, anyway, there's a team of those two people who are professional cheese tasters. And then we had a, a um, cheese maker. We have a master cheese maker who is very involved in developing Wisps. And then a few people on the innovation team and and me. Can you share the evolution of how Wisp started? You were working at Schumann Cheese to what this company is now and your involvement. Yeah. So I started at Schumann and the idea for Wisps already existed. So it wasn't really like it wasn't like I came in and sat there and thought this would be a wonderful idea. The concept was out there, like I said before, you know, it was in the market and we wanted to develop something better. So we actually were partnering with another company that wanted to make a pure cheese crouton. And that was sort of the the concept or the impetus for the R&D. And then as we started to work through it, um, with them, we realized like this could be a snack. This is not just like an ingredient that you add a few onto a salad. This is like we were just eating bags and bags. And I had, you know, at that point, like an office full of different, all these different variations of wisps with like, you know, 75% this Parmesan and 75% that Parmesan. And we were just tasting them. And my, I was like the most popular person in the company. And it was nobody, it wasn't because anybody liked me. It was just because everybody came in and wanted wisps. And so we just started to like sort of notice this and realize there is something here. There's, this is, this is a bigger thing than we, than just a crouton that mm-hmm. we're going to make for someone else. So we um, started to develop it as a snack. And then at that point, you know, Schumann's, uh, sales team was just a cheese sales team, and Schumann has you know thousands of different cheeses that they sell, and we just gave them wisps as another item that they could sell, and it was kind of cool and different, but it was just sort of like in their 
portfolio of products that they could sell. And then we actually got our first couple of customers were um, Fairway and Stop and Shop. And we did like special runs of the Wisps to go in and um, it was just a whole like really like we had to like handhold everything through the process and it was so exciting and so scary and we weren't really sure if it was going to work. And then um, I remember maybe a week or two after they landed in the store, I Googled Wisps to see if anybody was talking about Wisps online. And I found a Reddit thread that was like, oh, I found these snack, this this pure cheese snack. There's no carbs. It's the most delicious thing I've ever had. Where else can I find it? And there were like dozens and dozens of people that were reacting to that. And we were just in a couple of stores. And so it felt like, oh, my God, there's something here. We were just like suddenly like, there's a thing. This it all starts thing. on Reddit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Reddit is like our our like our early sign or our early indicator. So so then Wisp sort of we started to push it from being just like a product in the portfolio to being its own business concept and its own business unit and Schumann. And then um Wisps just grew. We we landed um, uh, in one region of Costco and did really well there and then spread out across all of Costco's and then got into Walmart and grocery stores across the country and just sort of took on a life of its own. And so about probably about two years ago now, you know, we realized that um, Schumann as a cheese company, we just couldn't have developed Wisps without Without that team and without, you know, the um, Neil Schumann, who's the CEO and owner, who is like passionate about quality. And the reason that Wisps, I think, tastes so good is because he gave us the time to develop a product that tastes really good. At the same time, we were like, you know what? Like, this is a snack and this is a big – we're developing a snack category here. And this is a a really – big idea and we felt like it needed its own team and and we had sort of done what we could do with Schumann and saw this huge potential um, to grow the business and so we decided to um, spin off the business from Schumann and so we worked with you know we went through a process with an investment bank to sell the business and Wisps was acquired in April of this past year uh, by Canos Capital which is a um, private equity fund based in uh, Dallas that focuses on food and beverage. And so since the end of April, we have been an independent company, um, still working really closely with Schumann um, as our partners, and they're still sourcing the cheese and making the wisps for us. But we are now running wisps uh, independently. And so that's the story. Did anything change in the operations when you sold to the private equity company? No. I mean, I think, you know, I feel really lucky in that I think this like a lot of people would think about private equity as coming in and being like what's the cheapest version we could make of this and how could we cut you know cut costs and and they're not like that at all and and I think what makes what has made Wisp so successful is is the quality of the product and I think they recognize that and and you know are are you know I'm incredibly protective of it they are right there with me and and um you know, Neil is still a part owner as well. So um, I, we haven't touched the quality at all. And that's not something we will touch. If anything, we're just investing more in getting the product distributed and marketing the product and sort of 
building out this category. We have six, I know, five flavors Mm -hmm. uh, on this table right here. So when you launched, it was just with one, right? Yes. And then when did, what do we have here? Cheddar cheese. Tomato basil. Tomato basil. We have a bacon barbecue. When did these new flavors come out? Yeah, so the Parmesan was our first flavor. And then we sold the Parmesan into Costco. And Costco grew so quickly that basically I spent a year basically supporting the operational side of it and building up our capacity to support Costco because Costco is such a huge volume. They're such a wonderful customer that way. Then we sort of came up from that and like realized, my goodness, we should have more than one flavor. This is, (laughs) this is like, you know, you put like a little bag of wisps on the shelf in a supermarket and doesn't exactly jump off the shelf. Like at Costco, they put whole pellets on the floor. So, so then we, it basically like, you know, I joke that it took like five minutes to put together the market research that said we should launch cheddar because every cheese snack in the country is some cheddar is cheddar. And um, so that was a pretty easy decision. And then we Schumann wasn't a cheddar company. So um, we went out and bought every cheddar we could find in the market and took it to the plant. We had like reduced fat cheddar, young cheddar, aged cheddar, Irish cheddar, English cheddar, wheel cheddar, block cheddar. We had every kind of cheddar we could we could think of. Brought it to the plant. Went through the baking process, same thing, tweaked the temperature, tweaked the time, tweaked the amount, tweaked the mix. We could not find a cheddar that baked the way that we wanted it to. And some were fine. Nothing was great. And we pulled the launch, actually, and decided not to go forward with cheddar until we found something that we felt really confident about. Um, And we ended up going to our master cheesemaker and saying, you need to make us a cheddar for Wisp. So the cheddar that is in Wisps now is custom-made in our artisanal cheese plant just for a whisk. You have exclusive cheddar. We have exclusive cheddar. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> and is yes. the cheese grater involved in this of one? Of course. Yes. I yes. can answer that one. <laughs> yes. They taste the two every cheese graters. single vat, the two cheese graters. Yeah. And, um, and so I think I feel really proud of that particular product almost more than anything else because we really made that from scratch. And um, – and it's it it wasn't easy and it was it was a like a moment that i think was a difficult moment from a business perspective to say we're going to not we we were supposed to launch this and we're going to actually delay it but it feels like in hindsight it i'm i'm really really proud of what we ended up with so. i have to tell you how i found out about wisp because i was ordering a sweet green salad a mm-hmm. caesar salad and you can ask for extra wisps and I would just order it to eat the wisp, and I didn't even eat the salad. <laughs> so <laughs> you were right; it should just be a snack because exactly, it's not just a salad topping. Exactly. I just ate the wisps, not the not the greens. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know. I think um, I think that's the thing. Like you, people think of it as like, oh, and we we do have like a lot of a lot of consumers that tell us I put I crumble them up and put them on chicken or on salad mm. or on soup and. Like, that's awesome. But I think more than anything, we hear people being like, I ate a whole bag before I got home from the supermarket. And that's like... Are there plans to develop more flavors? Yes. And how do you decide which ones to go into or which which flavor categories to go into? Well... So our first three flavor categories are pure cheese. So we had parm, cheddar, and then we launched an Asiago pepper jack, which is like our spicy flavor. And those are just cheeses. And there are actually more cheeses that we have considered and tasted. I mean, we have baked every cheese under the sun. And um, 
Gruyere was actually a funny one because we thought for sure that that would be good because you think about Gruyere like being on French onion yes, soup. Yes, that's and, all on the yeah, onion soup connoisseur. Exactly. Yes. It's so good. But it's right? not it's not good as a wisp? It is good, but it smells like feet. Oh. <laughs> so you like open the bag and you're like, oh. Yeah. Like it's good, but it's not a snack. You know, it's not something that anybody would want in their purse. Um, so <laughs> we um, – we actually decided that, like, we – again, like, this was, like, us moving from being cheese people to being snack people, and that was sort of a big mental switch for us. And once we realized we were selling a snack, we were like, oh, we should look at, you know, Cheez-Its and Triscuits and other snacks and see – and potato chips and see how they've developed different flavors. And so tomato, basil, and barbecue bacon were inspired more by snacks. The one rule that we had, which we were really strict about, was that – the spice blends had to be made of pantry spices. So it, we didn't want to have like a long list of ingredients that nobody understood. We felt like, you know, what was really special about wisps was the purity of, of the ingredients. And we wanted to maintain that even though we were adding a spice blend to the outside. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Actually, the spices are just, it's like a, like any spice blend you'd buy at the store. It's custom made that we we designed, we developed it um, for wisps, but it's just a blend of spices. And we just put the wisps in this machine called a tumble drum and we don't spray anything on. There's no oil added to make the spices stick, which a lot of different companies use. And so we just sort of, it's very much just a wisp with spices, which is nice. Have there been any challenges over the past few years that you can share? Yes. So I would say that there have been a lot of challenges. Um, it hasn't been, you know, where we are today is like we've been super, super lucky that um, we happened upon um, a product that people really, really love. Um, but no, it wasn't. It wasn't always really easy. I would say. Not to sort of change the subject from wisps, but wisps is one of those items that I wouldn't say we developed with like a very formal innovation process. And my job at Schumann was to run innovation more broadly. So I did, you know, wisps was one product, but we, the innovation team launched a whole bunch of different products. And the one that we sort of launched most in the most traditional way, like the way that you'd think that you should launch a new product, like we did market research and then we developed a concept and then we did consumer tasting and then we did all of these different things and we showed it to buyers and we, you know, we had everything planned out and we had it all buttoned up. That product failed and was like, like didn't work. And it was, and then you look at something like Wisps, which kind of like came together was we were chasing it in that we were sort of like, ah, this is working. Oh, my God, what do we do? And it wasn't planned. It wasn't I mean, it was planned to some extent, but it wasn't it wasn't like a super thoughtful process in advance. It was just like go and catch up with ourselves. So it's funny as I was like prepping, you know, to come here and talk to you guys, I was thinking like, I could make this sound like it was all very purposeful. But a lot of it was just kind of like, wait, everybody else has a spicy flavor. Ah, quick, let's make something spicy. And then, you know, it was just a little bit of, you know, I would say the challenge was just sort of always making sure that we knew we needed to move really quickly, but really, really were very, very, very strict and almost like maniacal about quality. And we wanted the product to taste really good. We never, that was like always the rule. So that's why we didn't launch the cheddar. And as much as we, you know, we only have five flavors, we're going to have a few more that coming out this year, but we're 
we're very, very, we're not going to flood the market with 20 flavors. We're, and, and even the new ones that we're coming out with, we're having, you know, a lot of conversation about and making sure that they really feel right for Wisps. Coming up, you'll hear what Alana has learned in building her company and why a tragedy made Alana appreciate what she has now. Alana, when you were at Schumann, you were leading this innovation team. You were really an intrapreneista within in an organization. And now you've spun off and you're now the CEO of Wisps. What is what is that like? What is the difference between the two roles that you were playing or are playing now? It's a good question. I would say, I mean, there's so many things that are different, but um the I would say the big one is I spent a lot of time within the Schumann organization, trying to influence people and um, bring people along with with me on this thing, with the, on this sort of like, you know, product development journey that I felt so excited about. Um, and we were, Schumann is a company that is in its fourth generation, it's 75 years old. It is a, you know, sort of, Neil always says, Neil Schumann always says, you know, if my grandfather were here, he'd recognize the business today. It's very much, you know, the same business as it's always been. And so developing a snack, developing a branded item was a very different concept and different, you know, sort of different way of working and different set of expectations for the team. And I was learning too. I didn't, you know, it's not like I came from this as a background. This isn't something I had done before either. So it was a lot of sort of you know, learning, recognizing that we didn't, you know, that we, none of us knew everything, but we had to try these new things. And I would say I spent a ton of time just working through the organization to get things done. And now that we're independent, we're moving so much faster. And that's incredibly exciting. And everybody that works at Wisps is bought in to Wisps because we all work there together only on Wisps. And so I feel like I, I love it because I feel like it's, you know, we can just sort of talk about growing the business and I don't have to convince anybody that it's a good idea. Um, and I don't have to ask people to make trade-offs because, you know, again, even even at Schumann when, when Wisps were incredibly successful and doing really well, there's a huge portfolio of other business that the team is managing. And, um, you know, I, I rightfully didn't have everybody's 100% attention. Whereas now that we have a much smaller team, but a fully focused team, we can just sort of make decisions and move more quickly. Get stuff done. Get How stuff big done. is the team? Let's see. We When we spun off the business, three of us came over and that was the whole team. Um, we've since grown to about 20 people and we're still growing. And so, our office is here in the financial district. Our office is here in the, in the, in the financial district in the first um, six months of our lives, we've moved four times because we're we're in a um, a co working space, and so we just keep sort of sizing up. But it's definitely, I I actually feel like we probably have another move on the horizon, um, which is really exciting. It's really fun. Are you going to get out of the co working space and into your own space? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's really. I I just don't feel like I have the nice thing about co working is like you don't have to like search for an office you can just be like i need 10 more desks and i'll be like great go upstairs two floors and you can go be there next month whereas i don't know how you, how people find offices otherwise oh well when we're offline we'll give you the whole backstory of real estate in new york oh, city yeah. yeah i don't know anything about it so what have you learned about yourself while building this company 
Yeah, that's that's a fun question. I would say I I have learned that um you know, being sort of like a roll up your sleeves, get things done kind of person can go a really 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 long way. And you know, I came from consulting, so I was very much in the world of uh, making PowerPoints and, you know, this is how things should be. Now go execute. And, you know, consultants always get a bad rap for not being there to actually implement and execute things. And I think in a lot of cases, it's probably pretty deserved. And that's the opposite of what I've been, what I've had to do at WISPs. And I really, I've really loved that. I mean, I always, I have a a girlfriend from college I joke with all the time that I'm like, I always message her and I'm like, I'm on another call about corrugate, but I spend a lot of time on like talking about the different, you know, components of our bags and the corrugate boxes we're going to buy. And um, there's, there's sort of a, there's just a whole world of, of um, actually making something real that I hadn't had access to before. And, and I really loved it. I would say the other thing is um, that not knowing, not having a ton of experience is definitely in some ways a disadvantage. But um, for me, I would say I I spent too much time sort of being like, I don't know anything and I need to learn and trying to be deferential. And I still feel like I don't know that much and I have a ton to learn and I think that's probably true of everyone, even people who are super experienced. And so rather than let it sort of stop me and be like, okay, I've still got another few years of learning to do before I can have an opinion about this or accomplish that, I sort of have realized like people with the most confidence in the world know not everything either. (laughs) And, you know, and so it just kind of feels like that was that was like a good learning for me. It was just to sort of be like, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like it's not that I do know everything. It's just that nobody else does either. So, speaking of things you don't know, can you yeah. explain to everyone what cor- corrugate? What is that? Oh, cor- <laughs> sorry. Yeah, corrugate is cardboard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am on calls about cardboard. I feel like, you know, five times a week. Like it's just like one of those things you're like, "Oh, you could get this level of corrugate. This, you know, this thickness, that thickness, this color, that color. It's this expensive if you do it this way, if you fold it that way." I mean, just the the number of 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 decisions and choices that you can make just about cardboard boxes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Fascinating. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's like you just are sort of like, all right, I mean, I'm just going to sit here and learn about cardboard and then just make a decision. Like, I think that gauge seems right. Yes. <laughs> so now you are a cardboard expert. Yeah. <laughs> so I know when we first met, we bonded over being moms. And yeah. you mentioned that you were selling the company while you were pregnant and then newly after delivering, like, what was that like for you? Because I think a lot of women are, there's a lot of obviously working moms and moms who are building businesses and selling businesses, but it's not always talked about. Yeah, that was, that was a a, a very sort of intense process. So I, when I started at Schumann, I, um, I had a, a nine month old, he's now six. And then I try. I was trying to get pregnant for for a while to have a second. Um, I did get pregnant after a while. It was a tough, tough process. I actually lost the baby mm-hmm. um, at 
um, fall term. So I had a, um, I had a really horrible experience there and lost the baby and took some time off and then came back, got pregnant again right away, started to sell the business, had the baby, and then went back and did all these management presentations to actually sell with a like four week old, six week old in the in the in the conference room next door with like my mom. The baby was in there and I would like run out of the presentation and like go nurse and then come back in and um so I would say like being a mom has actually been a real or becoming a mom and going through a lot of, you know, sort of motherhood related things has been a really big part of the journey for me for Wisps. And it's funny because I think when you you know, on the one hand, like, I I would say I think that, you know, having a loss like I had and having um, then having a, a healthy baby has was like such an emotional experience, but it also and, and really, really hard. Um, but it was also like, I don't know, it just sort of it sort of made me feel like much more alive and emotional and passionate and like just sort of. I feel like so incredibly lucky Mm -hmm. to be doing what I'm doing professionally, like separate, you know, I know like the thing you should say is like, I'm so lucky to have my kids and I just, I live for them and, and I do, but it's also just like, you just realize like, like how, how, how many people are dealing with things that are like so extremely difficult and awful and challenging. You don't know anything about it. And then when you're one of those people who happens to have like a, like a really, really wonderful thing to do every day that I feel personally inspired by and proud of. And and I I, I really do feel like I'm like the luckiest person on earth. Mm-hmm. And um I I love, love my job and my kids and, and the life that I've made. And I feel like I wouldn't really be able to appreciate that as much if I hadn't had such an emotional journey on my in my personal life to get here and so I don't know if that fully answered your question but that's sort of my always had that mindset and outlook on life or is it no I think I was like I before I lost the baby I was just really really I I thought I, I was like oh I'm so happy and I'm lucky and I'm working in cheese and what a great gig and you know and I have a wonderful husband and a great kid and I you know the the I had, you know, I felt, I felt lucky, but I think I, it's like when you, when you go through something that is so extremely unlucky, um, and then, you know, to your point, Stephanie, like people don't talk about Mm -hmm. this. So it's not something that, that comes up all the time. You know, it just becomes, you just sort of internalize, like it sort of stretches your heart in Mm -hmm. a way that I think in both, in both directions, like you feel sadness in a way you've never fell before and like you hope nobody ever would feel again and then but on the happy side like the the happiness is so much richer you know it's sort of like it sort of works in both ways and so you know I really do feel like you know being a mom has just and and the journey that I've been through has just made you know the fact that I'm in this like amazing job and I have this product that I developed and I love and I have just this team and this family, I just feel so incredibly lucky. Yeah. Did yeah. you share with people on your team as you were going through this really challenging time? So when I was 
when I lost the baby, everyone knew because I was it, I was nine months pregnant when I lost the baby. So, so yeah, everybody that knew me then knew that I lost the baby. That was, you know, really really difficult at that point. I was still at Schumann, um, and uh, it was, you know, I had had a shower, mm-hmm. and that was just a a really really awful time. And the and the team at Schumann was incredibly mm-hmm. supportive. Um, gave me the time I needed and um, sort of, you know, let me come back and focus on what was the best thing for me to focus on at the time. Yeah. And then the new team at Wisps didn't know me then. So um, a few people on the team I've told, and then, you know, it's not something that you, I guess if they listen to this, they will know, but um, it's not necessarily something that you, you bring up with people. But it, I do feel like it's very important to talk about it because um, a lot of people have been through losses. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very hard. Uh, it's it's a very, very isolating thing to go through, and and um, and there's no natural way to bring it up. So, but it's a huge, huge part of people's lives after mm-hmm. they go through it, and it's not as uncommon as as it should be. Yeah. So, well, thank you for sharing that and being open and. And honest, and I know you just sharing your story and what you went through will definitely help other people. Up next, what Alana has learned from Mindy Kaling and a surprise. We have some really big news to share. We are so excited to announce the launch of Sweet Rye Social, a new division at Socialfly that's dedicated to growing emerging brands and businesses just like yours. Interested in learning more? Shoot us a line at info at sweetrise.com and we'll be happy to set up a complimentary 30-minute consultation. DM us with any questions. So something that Stephanie and I like to do on the show is we like to surprise and delight our guests. Okay. Because um, that's what life is all about, right? Yes. So we actually have a present for you next to your chair in your Entrepreneurista clear swag bag. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, open it up. Okay. Wow. Tell us what's inside. (laughs) And in the pink packaging is, drum roll please. What's it going to (laughs) be? Oh, it's beautiful. It is a special limited edition Wisps Bowl. <laughs> okay, maybe it's not limited edition, but it's the perfect bowl to enjoy a nice bowl of wisps. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I love the orange. That's like our color. Thank well, you. We did that on purpose. Nice. <laughs> I actually, while we're talking about the color of the packaging, did you go through a rebrand recently? Yes, we did. Yeah, we we actually, when we launched Wisps, you know, we were like – it's funny how we were basically like, oh, Wisps is like a specialty sort of cracker that's very like – we had a giant picture of like a wheel of cheese on the front and we had a sort of – off-weight packaging that we thought looked very artisanal. 
And then um, we had a couple of people join the company that had a snack background, and they were like, uh, this is not snack packaging. And they helped us basically turn create the packaging that we have today, which is much brighter. And we actually saw crazy sales increases when we changed the packaging. And um, now I feel like it's actually much more authentic to who we are. We're still, you know, specialty item feel like it's still very good quality, but you know, this is a snack. It's not like a special occasion food. So I feel like now it looks a little bit more like a snack and less like something you're going to It says, buy. eat me every day. Yeah, good. Look at it. <laughs> yes. That is the subtext we're going for. <laughs> and how are you marketing the product right now? To be honest, we have we have done almost no marketing historically, and I think that's one of the big things that we are changing um, now that we're an independent company. And so we have this absolutely wonderful person, Katie Nahum, who is our VP of marketing, and she comes from Kind, and um, she's building a team around her to support Wisps um, and to help us grow. But I would say, you know. It, Basically, the best thing that we can do is have people taste wisps and then have them sort of available to purchase because we generally find that when people try them, they love them and they'll buy them. And so uh, it's not to dismiss the sophistication of the work that Katie's going to do and that our marketing team will do um, because that will look like a whole bunch of different things. But really the idea is to um, get as many wisps into people's mouths as we possibly can and um, – you know, we're doing sampling events, we're um, sending, you'll be, you know, getting surprised with WISPs in various, with various partnerships Katie's developing. And and you can share? Well, we're, we, um, it's really nice to just get out there and, and basically literally be handing WISPs out on the street. We get, um, we get great feedback and so there'll be a lot more of that, I think, in the near future. We'll be sort of covering Manhattan in WISPs. I love that. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> what would you say, what is the biggest accomplishment you're most proud of to date with this brand? I mean, the fact that we are now our own company and that we have, I mean, I wish you guys could come to the, I mean, you you guys can come to the office and you have been to the office, but um, I feel like we have the best team. I mean, we just, the the people that we have working for us we're getting such amazing people and the energy and spirit in the office are really, really high. Um, and I just feel like, yeah, I just feel like I'm, I'm so proud every day when I walk into the office. And so I think it's a combination of having our own team and then the team that we have. Well, I bet everyone feeds off your energy because I can just tell you're yeah. so positive and one of your employees has a shirt that says be happy on it <laughs> walking in here right now. So you definitely have a positive yes. happy team we do what yeah. are what are the traits that you look for when you're interviewing someone or bringing someone on to the team you know i would say that we definitely need people who are adaptable so i think about this all the time like the job descriptions we wrote for people even like 4 months ago are completely outdated now and so many people are doing so much more than we had thought they were going to be doing we're growing so much faster than we thought we were going to be growing so there's i i feel like a big part of this is just looking for people who are kind of excited by that as opposed to overwhelmed by it and and then also you know for me a big I just want people who won't give up, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not it's not easy to um 
to grow a business. We're not, you know, we're we're developing a new category. So we're sort of pushing against, um, we're, we're trying to create space for ourselves in the store. And um, that's tough. And so basically for me, a big, a big thing is just like, don't quit. You know, if somebody says no, then we're not going to say, oh, well, we're going to say, okay, so what's the, like, what are we going to do instead to get, to get to a yes? And as long as we have people who are adaptable and don't give up, I think we'll be in really good shape. Are there certain questions you ask during the interview process to get that out of people to know if they're the right fit? Yeah, that's a good, I don't know if there are specific questions that I ask um, every time. I would say just in general, it's sort of pushing for, you know, you know, tell me about a time when things haven't gone according to plan and how did you handle it? Yeah. Like some of those, like, I think some of those cliche interview questions are actually cliche for a reason. Like they work, they're good questions. So I definitely am a big fan of, um, of sort of behavioral questions. Yeah. I also, because I'm a former consultant, do a lot of case interviews. So I do sort of say like, okay, imagine you're in this situation. You, you know, you've got a suddenly, you know, um, a large grocery store calls you and says they have a you have a meeting tomorrow morning, and this is our top account. What do you do to prep for that meeting? It's the night before, and we asked all the salespeople that question and um, other people in the company that ended up in the company too, just to get a sense of like, okay, what do you prioritize? Yeah. And it's funny because some people will be like. I book my plane tickets, you know, or like other people will be like, I make the PowerPoint. Other people will be like, I get samples. And it's just like, it's sort of a, it's a good picture of, of like, okay, where do they, where do their minds go? Yeah. And there's is, no really wrong answer. I was going to say, is there a right answer to that question? No, I mean, there's, or a, is there a wrong oh, answer? Yeah. Well, I mean, I just go to sleep. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Wing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like, yeah, no, I tell them I can't, I can't go. Like, I feel like there's sort of a, um, I, you know, what, what you really love are the people who are super creative. Like, you know, I would go to the 24 hour store and pull these things together and then go to Kinko's and print this out and then rent a car to drive there because I wouldn't want to worry about the flight. Like, you know, it's sort of like you want people who can be like, I will get this to work. I will get this to yes. Get it done. Yes. I'll get it done. Exactly. What is your favorite mantra or quote that you live by? I was just reading this today again. There's this essay that Mindy Kaling wrote in Glamour magazine. And it's about how some a young woman asked her, you know, where do you get your confidence from? And Mindy said, you know, I something like, you know, my parents were always really supportive or something like that and sort of like, you know, phoned it in and then wrote this essay being like, actually, it's like, it's not that simple. Um, And what she said was, actually, I work really, really hard. And because I work so hard, and I therefore, I do a good job and I'm prepared. And so she says, I act entitled. And it's funny, because entitled is like a, a word that has really negative connotations and for good reason. But it's a little bit of like saying like, no, I deserve this. I worked really hard for this. Mm-hmm. I prepped for it. I, I'm, I am ready to do this. And I think she really, she says it much, it's, a, it's an essay, not a quote, but it's like, it's, it's, you know, she's very, very good at describing it. But I think for me, what was really inspiring was this idea that like, I'm going to try really hard. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to work my butt off. And then I'm going to feel confident and feel like, you know what, I, I, 
I deserve to get this account or to, you know, sell this business or whatever, because I've, I've, I have done everything and I have very high standards for myself. So I find that really, really inspiring. And I think about that a lot. Have you had any mentors along the way? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've, I've just had a lot of people that have been really, really inspirational to me. I, I had a boss at an education company that I worked for who I really loved because she was, she was just a really positive person. She was all about, always about sort of like getting to yes and let's figure this out and let's problem solve. And I just found her very, I let, her style was, you know, she was super smart, but super um, approachable and fun. And um, she just got things done, you know, and I, I really found that really inspiring. And then this is something that I feel like, you know, I think prob- probably everybody has this to some extent, but there are like those people in your life that are formal mentors. And, you know, Abigail, this woman I'm talking about would be one for me. Neil Schumann would definitely be a mentor to me. And then there's so many people in my life that are not maybe like in a formal mentor role that I look up to um, in, in in for various reasons. And I don't know, I just feel like I'm 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 lucky, but I think probably everybody is lucky to be surrounded by people who have, you know, aspects of themselves that are really inspiring and can sort of serve as mentors, even if not like I'm going to sit down with you and have coffee once a quarter, which I feel like is maybe a little bit more what people think mentors should be is like, you are formally my mentor. I am anointing you and, you know, and, you know, I'll, I'll schedule something with you. And like, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of people other moms that I know from my son's school and people that I work with and, you know, just people that I, that I have met along the way that I find really inspiring and I take things from them um, and, and sort of try to model myself on things they do. There's a ton of people on my, on the team at WISPs that I learn from and would consider, you know, mentors in a lot of ways. So when you don't know the answer to something and you need to get someone's advice, who do you call first or email? Or text. <laughs> I ask my husband a lot. Um, he's really good because he knows, like, he knows just enough about work and the people that I work with to give me good advice. And he knows me really well. So usually, when I'm concerned that I'm like having an overly emotional reaction to something or feel, taking something too personally, as opposed, I, I sort of run it by him because he's very good at being like, "This is how you always react to this kind of thing." Like, you know this is not about this other person. This is about you. He's very good at helping me sort of like give me a reality check. But I also like, I, I'm, I always ask people, I always ask people at work. Um, so there's, you know, I have a, a really good team at, at the company. And so there are like, you know, depending on the question, I would probably turn to them first. If you could give the entrepreneurista audience one snacking tip, what would it be? Snacking should be something you really enjoy and don't feel guilty about. So, um, yeah, snacking is snack away, lady. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> enjoy it it's with your wisps. <laughs> snack with wisps. I mean, it should be delicious, and um, it doesn't have to be. There's there's no reason to feel guilty about it. That's a good hashtag. Are you using that yet? Hashtag snack with wisps. No, but maybe we'll start. Yeah, I love it. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you for that. You're very welcome. You can take it. And what does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? Recognizing that that we all have so much to learn and that we all have 
so much to learn from each other and being open to learning everywhere and also recognizing that like we know what we're doing and we should be confident and um and and not let anybody tell us that we you know don't have the right to succeed where can everyone find and follow you or wisps so wisps are on on instagram we're wisp snacks and we are available at retailers across the country and also on amazon.com and yeah we'll 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 be expanding um this year so you'll start to see us everywhere i can't wait well thank you again for joining us i'm stephanie and i'm courtney and this is the best business meeting we've ever had thanks for listening 